pregnancy is not this like illness that we have. It's a health experience and a wellness experience. And being with midwives that celebrate that and that want to talk to you about your mental health and want to talk to you about how work is going and care about you as a person and not just you as a chart um, was really amazing. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Is it possible to not know how to push after having a physiological birth? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 88 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and whoa, this week's episode. I am so excited to share my interview with Lindsay with all of you today. She is absolutely incredible, and I know you are going to love this one. So if you wouldn't mind, would you take a quick screenshot of you listening to the episode and post it on your Instagram stories, tag happy home birth podcast, and I will be sure to share in my stories as well. So today's episode is all about Lindsay's first birth and my, was it beautiful. You're going to love hearing exactly how she birthed her baby and her perspective is just incredible. In fact, it relates so wonderfully to some amazing news that I have for you guys. And that is as follows. September 8th, mark your calendars. We are going to be hosting a live event in the Happy Home Birth Podcast Community Facebook group. This event is going to be the three pillars of a happy home birth. So if you are preparing for home birth, if you love listening to these positive birth stories and you want to dive a little bit deeper on some really key issues like support, mindset, and informed decision-making regarding your home birth experience, this is for you. Do not forget to sign up. Just go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash three pillars. So that's the number three pillars. And you are going to be so grateful that you did. Go ahead and join the Facebook group if you haven't already. I cannot wait. I'm thrilled about this live event and we are all going to be learning so much. All right, that is all that I have for you guys right now. So let's not waste any time and jump into the interview. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and we're not acting as your medical professional, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. Would you mind by starting and introducing yourself to the listeners? Yeah. um, My name is Lindsay. I'm 27. Um, I'm married to my husband, James, and we live in the Boston area with our new baby, Isaac, and our original baby, our dog, Toby. Oh, <laughs> that's precious. What kind of dog is Toby? Uh, he's just a mixed breed sweetie pie. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, so I would like to start your story off first. I know that you just said you lived in Boston, but you didn't live in Boston at the beginning of your pregnancy, did you? I did not. We were living in the Denver area. Um, My husband was finishing up his master's program out there. And we knew when we got pregnant that we were going to have to move during the pregnancy. Um, We're from the Boston area and we really wanted to be closer to family during this time in our lives. Oh, that's wonderful that you were able to go back to family. That's so helpful to have people around that can lend a hand. Yes. Very helpful. Um, we're in the middle of the pandemic still, so it has not been as helpful as we hoped. <laughs> right? Not helpful yet. Yeah. Well, why don't we start from the beginning? What was it like getting pregnant? How did your journey begin? Well, we realized that my husband was going to finish his program, and that was kind of our last step to make sure we were ready to start our family. And I thought it was going to take a lot longer. He was very confident it wouldn't, and he was correct. So. <laughs> The first month we tried, we got pregnant. Um, We found out we were pregnant on our wedding anniversary, which was really sweet and nice. Wow, congratulations, that's very sweet. Thank you. Um, And I had a really easy, boring pregnancy in so many ways. 
<laughs> which was a blessing because I was working two jobs, waiting tables, um, working some like 15 hour days on my feet. And I was lucky that I had, you know, very little morning sickness for working around food all day. Um, you know, very minimal back pain, nothing complicating things early on. Oh, that is definitely helpful because ooh, working, working that much on your feet, if you had had morning sickness, man, that would have been tough. Oh, it would have been impossible. I was, you know, going into a large restaurant walk-in where there's raw meat and <laughs> that could have been very bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank goodness it wasn't. So you were working hard at, during your pregnancy and what was it like as you were finding your care provider? So initially um, I sought out care at a low cost clinic. I wasn't insured at the beginning of the pregnancy. And so I found a certified nurse midwife that was at a clinic. Um, I went there and realized that my first visit alone was going to be a thousand dollars. Whoa. That was very surprising um, and gave me, you know, a pretty good panic attack in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. um, luckily I left that visit without kind of completing the full visit and was not charged. And then after that, I started looking into kind of other alternatives that would be lower cost. And that's how we ended up actually seeing a group of home birth midwives, knowing that we were going to move and not deliver with them, but that we could have care with them at a much lower cost um, just because they were CPMs instead. Wow. What a smart idea. That was great. How did you decide to do that? It was really just the, the cost was oftentimes like home birth can be the more expensive option. And in this case, it was the less expensive option to go with them. So they were willing to work with me for a cost that would be fair since I wasn't going to deliver with them. Um, and I was happy to see midwives and knew that any kind of outside testing that we decided we were interested in, we could still have through kind of outside providers. Yeah, that is such a cool concept. Now, knowing that you decided to work with these home birth midwives, even just for your prenatal care, was it pretty clear to you from the beginning that you were going to have a home birth or you wanted to have one? I was interested in home birth, but because it was my first pregnancy, I really didn't think it was a good option. It seemed like, okay, like we'll do, I was interested in a birth center because it seemed like a happy medium. So I mm -hmm. thought we'll do a birth center birth and then maybe next go around, I'll get to do a home birth. Uh, we also didn't know what our living situation would be like once we moved. So I wasn't sure what kind of space we would have and if a home birth was even kind of logistically would make sense later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That's so cool that you were able to have that prenatal care, you know, at that point, no matter what you chose, even just having that intense, amazing home birth prenatal care was such a good, a cool choice for you. Oh, it was like midwives are the most incredible people and <laughs> have really changed how I think about my medical care in general. Um, it really helped me get in the mindset that pregnancy is not this like illness that we have. It's a health experience and a wellness experience and being with I love that. midwives that celebrate that and that want to talk to you about your mental health and want to talk to you about how work is going and care about you as a person and not just you as a chart um, was really amazing. That is such a beautiful way. I could not have put that any better. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, okay. So you knew from the beginning that you guys were going to be moving at some point during your pregnancy. How did all of that shake out? Um, so initially we had kind of thought we would be moving by early January and then things just kind of kept getting pushed a little bit um, as time passed and kind of the move became more imminent. Um, around, I would say around December when I was 20 weeks, um, I told my husband that I wanted to move by the time I was 30 weeks because I knew that I was just going to get less helpful in the moving process physically <laughs> um, the bigger I got. And I was like, 30 weeks, we have to move. Um, which is exactly what we did. We were in the car driving across the country and I was 30 weeks pregnant. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, how was it driving across the country 30 weeks pregnant? Um, better than I could have expected. Um, my husband was great and did not make me drive at all, which was very helpful because mm -hmm. I was 
pretty large and I just spent the time knitting a baby blanket and listening oh. to podcasts. And um, we were really lucky that we timed this out well with uh, the state of the world. We moved the first week of, well, kind of the last week of February, first week of March. And so we got to Boston kind of right before um, the coronavirus like hit America. Um, mm. So we were able to like go in restaurants okay, stay at hotels without a problem. Um, in retrospect, like if we had been moving a week later, it would have been a disaster. Wow. That's crazy how important that timing turned out to be to you then. Oh yeah. <laughs> so once you got to Boston, what was it like finding care, especially with, I mean, considering the coronavirus? So during uh, our moving process, um, my husband had been able to find a job that gave us insurance. And so I was able to find a midwife through a local hospital here um, who was a certified nurse midwife. Um, and I was able to kind of link up to get care with them before our move. So I knew I was gonna see them. I already had an appointment for, I think two days after we got here. Um, and our first visit with them was totally normal. Um, my husband even asked about going on a business trip and if the midwife thought that was okay with kind of the virus in the background. And she said, oh yeah, like, I don't think this virus is a big deal. You can definitely go um, fly, you know, somewhere. And even by our next visit, which I think was just two weeks later, things had changed so quickly. Um, mm. That first mid midwife visit with the new CNMs definitely opened my eyes to how, you know, a birth center based with a hospital was gonna be different than the home birth midwife care I had received. Um, with the home birth How so? We were in like a old house and I would sit on a couch during care and they would give me a cup of tea and you know, it was much more conversational. Um, they didn't wear like medical clothing. They wore like, they looked like yoga instructors. Um, <laughs> so just more relaxed and a little more, a little more friendly. Um, the nurse midwives were very professional and I know that if I delivered with them, it would have been like a safe experience for me. But I kind of realized right away, like, oh, this is not gonna be the same warm, fuzzy experience. Like my midwife has to look at a chart and she's not gonna be as focused on kind of our outside of this room life. Um, you know, she wasn't gonna ask about my husband's job or like how I was feeling emotionally beyond kind of checking some boxes. That would have been, I can only imagine that would have been pretty difficult after having such a lovely prenatal experience. It was definitely a change, but I hadn't had that many choices regarding which birth center I would deliver at. Um, Boston has a huge medical community here and a lot of hospitals, but in terms of birth centers, they're kind of lacking. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of my option. And I thought that I would receive better care there and have a better chance at a natural delivery than in a hospital. And so I was kind of willing to, you know, give a little, take a little. Oh, for sure. And that makes sense just based off of, you know, so maybe the midwives are a little bit more clinical, but it wasn't going to be the quick in and out of an OB's office. Exactly. Right. So, okay. Well, so how did that, those last 10 weeks, as you already said, you know, just, you know, one, one appointment was normal. And then two weeks later, it's a, things are getting kind of different because of the pandemic. What was the, the remainder of those weeks leading up to your birth like? Yeah. So um, our second visit with those midwives, things had really changed in the world. Um, going into the office, you know, the receptionist was clearly nervous to have us even in there. Um, the second another patient showed up, they had us whisked off to a, a room so that we weren't in the same space as them. Um, our care providers were starting to wear masks. Um, this was early March, so it was still very early in kind of our awareness of what this virus would mean for everyone. Um, and it made the experience different and a little more uncomfortable and it made me nervous. But at that point we were still planning to stick with those midwives and planning to stick with the birth center. Um, 
as things changed with the virus, um, my husband was having a conversation with his brother on the phone and the brother kind of mentioned that he was having a lot of anxiety himself about our baby and the birth center and what would happen if, you know, hospitals were full of COVID patients and they had to start taking beds away from the birth center and what if we showed up and there was no space for us. Um, this was very early in the pandemic and all of these things seemed like possible and mm -hmm. his brother pointing that out kind of made us analyze, you know, should we find a backup option? Should we think about home birth as a backup to our birth center? Um, and so we started doing some research. Um, we set up two kind of Zoom interviews with different midwifery groups that do home births um, that were CPMs like our midwives in Colorado. And through those Zoom interviews, we also found out that the birth center I'd been planning to deliver at was really just the labor and delivery ward in the hospital. Um, mm. I hadn't been able to go there because they had canceled all visits to the birth center due to the virus. Um, and on their website, it really seemed like a separate building. Um, so finding that out kind of made me more uneasy about delivering at the birth center, finding out that like my midwife could be overruled by an OB. Um, I was really uncomfortable with that idea. Um, the idea that like a, a doctor that I had never met could come into my delivery room made me really uncomfortable. Um, I, in general, try and just have care from female providers because I want to support female providers in their work. Um, and so the idea that a male OB could come into my room, overrule my midwife, and, you know, take over my delivery was really nerve-wracking. Right. Um, in those interviews, we also just asked a lot about what a transfer to hospital would look like with these midwives, kind of what things they would be looking for, how often that happens for them, um, what causes a transfer, if it's you know emergencies or if it's the mom's decision, um, which generally it is for them. Um, we asked kind of about that they were taking on more patients than usual because of this virus and if they were worried about being able to handle that increased workload. Um, and then after those calls, we kind of talked things out, me and my husband, we talked things out with um, our parents a little bit and we gave ourselves a week to make the decision because the midwives also need to know, you know, if we are delivering with them or not so that they could kind of work out their schedule. Um, quickly it became clear that we had to make a decision and we couldn't just have home birth in our back pocket as a backup option. Right. Which I was comfortable with because I really wanted to make the choice so I could start feeling really confident in that choice. And I knew that if I had it in my head that at the last minute I was going to find out where I was going to have this baby, it was going to be hard to feel good either way. Mm. Um, I knew I wanted to have a home birth when I realized that I was already starting to like listen to more home birth podcasts, um, read more about home birth as an option, and that I was already trying to feel good about that choice, and that I wasn't so much trying to feel good about the birth center anymore. Mm, um, that makes sense. And my husband supported me in that. He, I think he was more nervous about home birth early on because it had not been the original plan. Um, and there was a lot of information out there at the time that switching to a home birth was dangerous this late in pregnancy. I was already 34 weeks um, that I wouldn't have time to develop kind of that emotional connection with my midwives and feel safe with them. And that that was kind of really important for a positive outcome. Um, I felt strongly that I had already just switched midwives. And so it's not like I felt super comfortable with those midwives either. Right. So I didn't feel as weird about switching late in the pregnancy. Um, and that, ma that makes sense, especially since you had been receiving care from home birth midwives prior to that. Exactly. Switching actually kind of felt like going back to the care I had been receiving. Mm -hmm. And even though it was a different group of midwives, kind of their priorities for care were so similar that it really made the decision easier. 
Hmm. Um, and so then we made the switch and we committed to the home birth. And that was at 35 weeks? That was at 35 weeks. Awesome. Okay. So what were those final weeks of your pregnancy like? Um, isolating. Um, I couldn't see family. I had really planned on spending kind of the end of my pregnancy, spending a lot of time with my mom, um, seeing my grandfather a lot. And I couldn't do that. I was really stuck in the house. Um, we couldn't see friends that we had planned to see before I delivered. Um, going to the grocery store became nerve wracking. I was going during kind of immunocompromised hours really early in the morning. Um, as a positive, because I was home more and couldn't be doing these other things, I really took the time to focus on my delivery and my birth and what that would look like. Um, I did a lot of yoga in those last weeks. I'd been doing yoga throughout the pregnancy, but in the last weeks I was doing yoga every day um, and listening to birth affirmations, um, rereading Ina Mae Gaskin's book, just to get all these positive stories in my mind as much as possible. And kind of anytime a, a negative worry would come up for me, I would just think through, you know, what if there's a shoulder dystocia? Okay, I know I'm gonna get on my hands and knees if there's a shoulder dystocia and that will fix it. And I don't have to worry about that now. You know, what wow. if the baby uh, isn't breathing? okay, the midwives have the ability to deal with, you know, an emergency like that. I don't have to worry about that now. Um, and just thinking through any worry I had so that I could feel really good that we were ready. That is such a great way to go about that. You know, that is such a, such an appropriate fear clearing exercise of just like kind of following those threads of like, okay, well, if this happens, what's going to happen? Oh, I have an answer, you know, like, oh, this, and it's going to be okay. And that I see how that could have really, really helped create more space for positivity by just letting go of those little creeping up thoughts. Yeah. And just thinking through those processes made me realize that I didn't have anything to be afraid of, you know, mm -hmm. like I knew my body could do this and I didn't need to let any of those fears hold me back. Um, and that really helped me kind of enter the experience just super positive. Oh, that's amazing. So you are now at your birthing time. You are feeling super positive. How did that actually play out? So I had my baby on a Friday. On Tuesday, I lost my mucus plug. Um, and my husband and I had a good discussion about blood tinged versus blood streaked. Um, and if it was bloody show or mucus plug. Um, luckily, we had an appointment already with our midwives that day for my 39 weeks. Um, and they were very, you know, calm but excited that there was blood in it. They said that was a good sign. So it's very like, exciting. Okay. Like, you know, we'll see where this goes. Um, I really wanted to make it to 39 weeks, um, which was going to be that Thursday. I just kind of earlier on in the pandemic, I decided that I was going to go to 42 weeks because I want to keep this baby in me until the world was safe again. Um, mm -hmm. Which obviously things at 42 weeks would have still been a little chaotic, but that's where my mind was at early on. And so when I lost the mucus plug, I was like, I just want to get to 39 weeks. Then, you know, I'll be totally full term and I can feel really good about this. Um, and I was just crossing my fingers for that. So on my 39 week day, um, nothing really physically remarkable happened, but I just had a really good day. I, I did 39 minutes of yoga to kind of mark the occasion. Oh, wow. I slept in with my husband because I just kind of knew that we weren't going to have that many more mornings together like that. Um, we went on a really long walk with our dog and it just, it felt like such a good complete day. And I really think that after that, my body was so ready and my baby was ready. So on delivery day, um, I woke up at 430 because my water broke. Um, it was not like a big flood, but it was a good amount. <laughs> Um, I got back in bed and I told my husband my water broke and he was like, 
that's so exciting. But we both kind of were of the mindset that, you know, this could mean labor starts in 12 hours. This could mean labor starts in 24 hours. Um, I could be having the baby that day, but I could be having the baby Sunday and that would be okay too. So mm -hmm. we were trying to not get too excited too soon. Um, around seven, I started to feel crampy. And so we got out of bed and he made me some breakfast and I took our dog on a walk and I started to feel a little more crampy. And I started to have some kind of, I would describe it as like hot back pain. Um, mm. It didn't feel like cramps. It felt like, like searing or like a, a bright feeling in my back. Um, which made me really nervous because I'd been so obsessed with getting this baby in like the perfect position. I'd been doing like a million cat cows and downward dog mm. and laying on my left side. And I was like, I really don't want back labor. So I got to get this baby in the right position. Um, so when I started to feel that, I was like, oh no. Um, I don't think it really was back labor. I just had pain in my back during labor. Mm -hmm. um, and I ate breakfast. Um, by 8.30, I got back in bed because my, I don't even want to call them contractions at that point because it didn't feel like there was a pattern and it didn't feel, it never really felt like anything was contracting. It just felt like this pain would kind of light up in my back. Mm. Um, so I got back in bed. My husband realized that I was kind of getting kind of more in pain and he said that I should call my parents because I'd wanted to talk to them when I was in labor to make them know that I was safe, that everything was okay. They were a little nervous about the home birth. Um, so I gave them a call. My mom told me to get ice chips and to breathe. <sighs> um, I was like, Very good. <laughs> Thanks mom. <laughs> I'll be sure to do that. Um, I had another contraction and my husband took the foot away and told them like, okay, we'll talk to you later. We'll let you know how this goes. Um, and after that, I did not talk again pretty much until the baby was born. Wow. I, that was not really the plan. I had thought that kind of early in labor, I would be like going on a walk and doing lots of squats and lunges. And, you know, I would taken my yoga blocks out and I was like, maybe I'll want to, you know, do some poses when I'm in labor. And that was so far from what actually happened. I... <laughs> pretty much laid on my left side. Um, at one point I got out of bed. We tried to walk to the living room, which is not very far in our house. And that was too much. Um, we got in the shower at one point, which did help, but standing was really hard because I was getting pain kind of down the sides of my thighs. Mm. And it was just making my legs feel really weak. Um, so I got back in bed after that. Um, and then I stayed there for pretty much the whole day. Um, my midwife called around, I think around 11 um, and listened to me go through a contraction. And I was silent the whole time. And I was nervous <laughs> that she was gonna interpret that as, you know, oh, I'm in early labor, that's why I'm so quiet. And, you know, that she wouldn't take it seriously. And I didn't really have the ability to speak for myself and say, no, I'm really, I'm in labor. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily she kind of knew and we had discussed before delivery that I might be really quiet. And so she heard my silence and thought, okay, like we're just going to be quiet this labor, but that doesn't mean she's not, you know, progressing. Right. Smart midwife. Exactly. Um, then I would say I, really just stayed in bed. Um, I was breathing really deeply. Um, and when I was breathing, I would kind of think to myself, you know, okay, one more breath, two more breaths. Okay, that's the peak of the contraction. One more breath. And I would just work through it that way. Um, and in between, I would just close my eyes and not really sleep, but just stay as calm as I could. Um, when I was contracting, I would open my eyes and just find the first spot I could find and stare at it and that was it. That I would just focus on that and breathe and I really couldn't feel things as much as I thought I would. I, at one point I started to think, you know, where am I feeling this pain? And like, what does a contraction feel like? 
And I realized as I was thinking about it and trying to find the pain in my body, I could feel the pain happening. Mm. No, do not think about what's happening. Think about your breathing, focus on that. And it really did instantly my pain start to decrease. Um, That is really, really cool. It, I had thought that like I would breathe and that like that my yoga would help me, but it really came through and I had been doing in preparation for labor, um, keep ups, which is something you do in like prenatal yoga classes sometimes where you might like hold your arms out to the side or kind of wave them above your head and then to your sides for a minute. And after you hold your arms out to the side for a minute, it starts to feel painful. Um, Mm -hmm. And the idea is just to breathe through it and that like you can do hard things and, you know, a contraction lasts a minute and you can breathe through it. And I've been doing those every day leading up. And I really think that they came through for me that in the moment, that's exactly what it was like. Maybe the pain was different, but I can breathe through something for a minute. That is a really interesting exercise. I like that. I mean, I've heard, you know, similar types of things of doing something kind of uncomfortable for a minute, but the holding your arms up or out, (laughs) I am going to take note of that. Oh, it, it will hurt after a little bit. (laughs) I can imagine. So your midwife called or, or listened in on you at 11. What, what was that? What happened after that? I know you were just still kind of in the same place, but when did she decide okay, it's probably time for me to head over. So around two o'clock, I kind of started putting together that I was having some rectal pressure. Um, And in kind of my only clear full sentence of the day, I looked at my husband in the face and I said, can you please tell the midwife I'm having rectal pressure? Because I knew (laughs) that this was like, this was it. (laughs) Um, And he was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, so he texts her that, and that was like the magic words. Instantly, it was like, you know, be there in 40 minutes, be there in 20 minutes. Um, and our midwives were kind of on the way to us. Um, I bet, I bet also kind of the point that my husband got a little nervous because he realized that, you know, I was clearly very far along and maybe further along than any of them had realized. And they were going to take a little while to get to our house. And he was like, okay, I might be catching this baby. Mm. Um, Luckily that did not happen for him or for me. (laughs) Um, And our midwives got there. I was still in the bed, but he had started filling up the birth tub in our nursery. Um, I was having a lot of rectal pressure. I was feeling pressure all the way down in my vagina, um, which I asked the midwife if that was, okay, which in retrospect seems pretty silly to be like, hey, I'm feeling pain in my vagina while giving birth. Is that cool? (laughs) Um, Fine, right? (laughs) But they checked me with the fetal Doppler on my stomach. Um, Everything was going like perfectly. Um, I kind of waddled my way into the birth tub, um, which was fantastic. And I definitely should have gotten sooner, but you know, you live and you learn. Getting up probably at the time was like, no, thanks. It was rough, but but I was so out of it. Um, Like I walked into the house from the bedroom and I just like, I felt like my vision was blurry. Like it really felt very unreal. And I was able to get from the bed into the birth tub in between contractions. Mm -hmm. Um, And sinking into the tub was like, oh, like <laughs> finally. I've oh, having, the weight off. I've been having that back pain, you know, really bad during contractions, but still constantly throughout the day. And mm. finally it felt like a little bit of it eased off. Oh, that's nice. So I was on my knees holding onto the edge of the tub. My husband sat outside the tub facing me. Um, my dog came up and licked my hands which was sweet of him, but I was like, don't touch me. (laughs) Um, And kind of a little bit before I got in the tub, I had started to have these really serious contractions that I hadn't heard people describe their contractions like this before. Um, My entire belly would like go flat 
and mm -hmm. it felt like the wind was being knocked out of me and it felt like my entire body was just rippling with a contraction. Um, I'm pretty sure it was just fetal ejection reflex, like telling me it's time to get this baby out. Um, but it was so intense. I had not anticipated a contraction feeling that way. It didn't feel like a really strong period cramp. Um, it didn't feel like, you know, someone cutting my uterus. It felt like my uterus was tossing my body back and forth and saying, we are getting this baby out now. Wow. So when I got into the tub, I was still having those and my, I would just kind of crumple over um, at the force of them. I reached down and I did not intend to feel my baby's head, but I think I was just like, what am I feeling down there? What is really happening? And I reached down in the middle of a contraction and felt his head. And I just said, oh my God, because that is not the normal thing you feel down there. It was very unexpected. Right? <laughs> what like, is this? Whew. And in that moment, I felt fear. I felt mm. afraid for the first time all day. Um, like labor is so much this like, endurance game that you're just, you just have to breathe through and endure through it and get there. And I kind of realized in that moment that like, this baby was coming out and I could not stop it. Like, you know, there's no takesies backsies now. Right. This is it. Um, and I had an impulse to try and like hold him in and like work against the contraction. And I knew I should not do that. And I just tried to like relax my jaw and keep everything as relaxed as I could. And like a pop, he just came out of me. Um, wow. Just his head. Um, and apparently my midwife was saying to the room that, you know, this is okay. Just his head is out now, but it's perfectly fine. He's not breathing yet. Um, and my husband thought at that point that I was kind of back to earth and could hear that. And I could not, but luckily I was saying the same thing in my head that, mm. you know, he hasn't started breathing yet. He's still attached to my placenta. Everything's fine. <laughs> you know, he's going to come out on the next one, um, which, you know, I really attribute kind of my calm in that specific moment to like listening to podcasts and like hearing so many birth stories that I knew how this was going to go. And I felt confident in that moment that my story was just working its way out. Mm. Um, and on the next contraction, his body just came out like, like a slurp, like he just fell out of me. I love that description. It was just like, it's weird how in birth, it feels like everything is moving quickly and everything's moving in slow motion at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, like that moment could have lasted an hour and I would have believed you because it was so vivid. Um, and I turned around and my midwife helped me lift my leg over the cord and they put him on my chest. And I just like, I felt this surge of relief that I had really done it, that like my baby was safe and I was safe and he was here. It was just so surreal to be holding this person that, you know, the night before had been inside my body. Mm. Um, it's like so crazy that like we are all born and that's how we all get here and no one is freaking out that that's the craziest thing in the world like <laughs> so right? crazy. and we need to like I, I felt this like oh my gosh like I am this incredible person who creates life like mm -hmm. why are we not all freaking out about mothers Amen. You're so, so right about that. Yeah, I, I really felt this like, I mean, it's, it's the oxytocin. I just felt this huge surge of like relief and like I felt so powerful mm -hmm. and they put him on my chest and he latched and that was incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and then we let the cord go for about 20 minutes until it was super white. Um, I stayed in the birth tub that whole time because moving would have been really, really complicated. Um, and we cut the cord and 
um, they passed him to my husband to do some skin to skin because my placenta had still not come out. Um, and that was kind of the only tricky part of the day was that I never felt like I was pushing when I birthed the baby. And then when it came time to get the placenta out, my midwives were like, okay, like, you know, give it a push and like, it'll come out. And I was like, I don't know how to push. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so my placenta stayed in me for two hours. Mm. And your midwives were, were comfortable? Yeah. My bleeding was totally fine. Um, they could tell that it had detached mm. and, you know, my vitals were all good. And they were like, "That's amazing." you know, we're going to give you time to figure this out. At one point they, we moved me to, to the bed and they left the room so that I could be alone with my husband and my baby because they were like, you know, maybe there's just too much pressure right now. Mm. Um, and they had Pitocin with them that they could have given me to help it come out. Um, but I'm really glad that we didn't and that, you know, I tried some herbs and what it ultimately was, was like, I just needed to like push and I didn't know how to do that yet. And so I needed to kind of commit to it. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm glad that they didn't give me the Pitocin right away and that they gave me a chance to do it on my own because I would have been kind of bummed out if I had done this whole, you know, unmedicated natural birth and then had gotten Pitocin right at the end. Right. And it came out fine. And I was, you know, my bleeding was fine. Um, we took a lot of pictures of the placenta because we were so, it's so cool. <laughs> mm -hmm, it is. Um, but yeah, two hours. That was a little <laughs> bit longer than I expected to still have a placenta in me. <laughs> it's just so fascinating that you, it's not like you hadn't had a baby before, you know, like yeah. you had just had a baby and yet you were like, I don't know how to push. That is so amazing that so clearly your body, like you just stepped back mentally and let your body do exactly what it needed to do. I mean, how, how cool is that? It's like, I, I, afterwards I wrote down kind of my recollections of the day so that I wouldn't forget them. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote down multiple times. I am so powerful. My mm -hmm. body is so powerful because I had never had an experience like this where I felt so in awe of my own ability. Um, yes. And like the innate ability of my body to do things that mm -hmm. you're right. Like I just stepped back. It wasn't about, you know, kind of my brain in that moment. It was about relaxing enough to let my body do the work and trusting that my body would do the work. Wow. And I just love that your midwives supported you in such a way that they also trusted your body. You know, they also knew, okay, we're just going to give some space for this to work itself out before feeling like, oh, well, we have to intervene just because, you know, that's what we do. Exactly. Like, you know, an hour in, I was starting to feel a little worried. And if they had said, you know, we think we should give you something, I would have probably agreed because mm -hmm. I had never delivered a placenta before. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm really glad that they gave me that time and that they took the pressure off because, you know, what could have been kind of like this, this sour note in the birth instead, it's just like, yep, I had my placenta two hours after my baby mm -hmm. and everything was perfectly fine. Yeah, that's awesome. I, and to me, just listening to it, I kind of feel like, wow, Lindsay did such an awesome job and she had really cool midwives. Like That's, that's yes, really neat. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So you had such an incredible, empowering birthing experience, but then once that was over, you know, going back to normal life wasn't really an option because of COVID. So what has your postpartum recovery been like? Um, you know, it's hard for me to say how it would be different if there wasn't a pandemic happening because this is my only baby. But, you know, in preparation for birth, I had really thought a lot about, you know, I need to create this community around me for postpartum. I need to like rely on people. Um, I was really looking forward to kind of getting to have my mother over a lot. Um, and we didn't, 
get to do those things. Um, even kind of in our online birth class that we had to take because we couldn't go to a real one, uh, you know, they're saying, you know, invite people to come over to help you, you know, hold the baby while you take a shower. And I was like, well, we're not doing that. So it's just us. Um, and it's been isolating. I had a lot of, you know, moms tell me before giving birth that I would really appreciate that no one could come over and bother us. And that's not how it's felt. Um, even if people had wanted to come over and I didn't want them, at least I would have had the choice in a normal circumstance. And instead, there's still so many unknowns about this virus and our priority is on our baby's safety and his health and therefore our health, because if I'm sick with this, I know I won't be able to take care of him as well. Um, and so we haven't been able to see families as much as we would like. Um, he got to meet my parents and his, uh, my husband's father through our window, which mm -hmm. was not, you know, not the way we had pictured it. Right. Um, and it's been hard on them as well. Like this is the first grandchild for everyone in our family. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that we'd all thought that they would get to hold him, that maybe they would be there the next day after the birth. And instead, you know, there's a lot of FaceTiming. Um, there's a lot of phone calls. Um, it hasn't been kind of the postpartum I expected. And I'm really lucky that so many things have gone well for us postpartum. You know, I don't have any postpartum depression, which was something I was really worried about. Um, he's breastfeeding so well and he's gaining weight so well. And I know that if one of those things was going wrong, it would make this whole time that much more difficult for us. Um, he's six weeks now and he still has not been to a doctor's office because we have midwives that are able to come to our house and check his weight and, you know, know that he's healthy. Right. Um, which is so reassuring because otherwise I'm not sure how I would feel bringing a newborn into a doctor's office right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been difficult and I'm, we still don't really know when the world will feel safe enough for him. Um, right. And that's hard to think about that, you know, maybe we won't feel safe about him being around, you know, a group of people until after he's a year old and we don't get that year back. Um, but in the meantime, like I have this perfect baby who is so beautiful and so healthy and I am healthy and we are all so lucky and safe that, you know, if it means we have to wait a little bit for him to be able to be held by a relative without a mask on, that's a sacrifice we can take because there's really no other option. Right. And, you know, the, there's a lot of negative of, you know, I don't get to be with family or there's so much and it's so valid. The one positive that I do see is this bond that you're creating is I can't help but think that these babies that have been born around this time and are home with their parents, you know, for oftentimes more time than they would have been otherwise. Like it, I'm sure that it is impacting bonding in a positive way. I mean, at this point, he's, he's pretty much not seen any other people's faces except for mm -hmm. me and my husband. Yeah. So I'm sure he's like, just connecting to us on a different level um, mm -hmm. and feeling even more dependent on us and more close to us. Um, I also reassure myself that I'm not the only mom experiencing this right now. And that even though I can't connect with other mothers immediately and like in person, you know, the rest of my life and the rest of my child's life, there's going to be other women that went through this experience that know how I felt and that we're missing that connection then and are looking for it where, wherever they can get it. Um, You're so right. And that's so reassuring. Mm -hmm. Yep. A, a, such a shared experience that 
will obviously bond you in a similar way to, to other mothers who, who went through it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, Lindsay, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your story. It, is beautiful and so amazing. And it really shows, you know, it, it really is just such a showcase of what your body can do and how you can take, like we said earlier, you know, just taking that mental step back and allowing space for your body to do the incredible things that the female body can do, you know, like, oh my gosh, giving life, how how unfathomable, but amazing that we do it. Exactly. It, like, it's just because everyone is born that we don't think it's as crazy as it is. And it's the most surreal experience that's real in this world. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. I am so grateful that you came on the podcast, Lindsay. It was such an honor to hear your story. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I loved listening to this podcast during my pregnancy and it's just such a gift to be here now. Can you believe that? As we head into this week's episode roundup, I want to leave you with this. Lindsay didn't push her baby out. She released it. I love this podcast because it shows the entire gamut of birth, the difficult and the serene. No, not every birth will end with you releasing your baby and having no clue how to push out your placenta, but this is a variation of birth and a variation of normal. This is possible for you. When I think of how Lindsay prepared for this birth, how in tune she was with her breathing, how seriously she took clearing her fears, it makes sense to me that she was able to experience this unusual, beautiful birth. I love her approach as it's so similar to what I teach my students. Spending time learning to relax, exploring and releasing your fears, it's all part of a beautiful process of preparation. So if you are curious about learning more, please go over to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash three pillars so we can get down to business to helping you have an incredible birthing experience, whatever that may look like and join the community. Head over to Facebook if you haven't yet and join Happy Home Birth Podcast community. We will be thrilled to have you there. All right, my friends, I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.